Welcome to episode 34 of Can We Still Be Friends, a podcast that tests the limits of the friendship between two people who mistake movie taste for personal morality. I'm Nate Goss, here with Ryan Ebling. The holidays are upon us, and with Thanksgiving leftovers occupying smaller and smaller containers in our refrigerators, Ryan and I begin watching our favorite holiday movies. Last year, we chose to celebrate in an odd way, recording our bitterest episode yet. This year, in the spirit of togetherness, we are discussing one of our all-time favorite Christmas movies, The Muppet Christmas Carol. This movie was a modest hit when it was released. It didn't break records, it didn't floor critics, and it didn't win any awards. I don't know of any interesting production stories, and it doesn't seem to be even a cult favorite. That being said, Nate and I love it. It has been a source of bonding with strangers and is an annual comfort blanket for my wife and me. Usually, I end the intro with some sort of is-it-good question, but cards on the table, we aren't really here to battle it out. This is an eggnog-fueled conversation full of holiday cheer. But what exactly makes us love this movie? Is it the songs, the humor, Gonzo? It's Rizzo. I know it's gotta be Rizzo. It could be Rizzo. Keep listening. Now then, sir, about the uh, donation... Well, now, let's see. I know how to treat the poor. My taxes go to pay for the prisons and the poor houses. The homeless must go there. But some would rather die. If they'd rather die, then they'd better do it and decrease the surplus population. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Oh, dear. This is the door. You may use it. All right, Beaker, come along. I think we've taken enough of Mr. Scrooge's time. All right, so was that a clip of the Muppet Christmas Carol, or is that just one of the uh, GOP presidential candidates talking? (laughs) (laughs) Valid question. Yeah, I I don't think there are many uh, Republican candidates as likable as Ebenezer Scrooge. Uh, boy, cards wow. on the table. Yeah, hey, it's so, a holiday it's celebration. A, right. This is what uh, rel- relatives do when they get together. True. Right? Did you have a good Thanksgiving, Ryan? I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, as we're recording small... this, Thanksgiving was just the other day. days ago. So. Yeah, yeah. You, you have a good one. Yeah, it was really good. Oh, good. Good food. Made some turkey soup the next day. Kelsey made turkey soup today. It's what you do. Yeah, it's yeah, good. Yeah. yeah, it was tasty. Anyways, this is our holiday episode. And we are discussing, as we mentioned in our intro, a movie that we both very much agree on. Yeah. And that is A Muppet Christmas Carol. Yeah. And the reason we're doing that is because if you want to go back into our archives and look at last year's episode of A Christmas Story, it was a very polarizing episode. And really, Mm -hmm. I wasn't up for another one during this season. (laughs) A year later, we're not ready for another one. (laughs) And so we knew this was something that we kind of bond over in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I like this movie more as I get older. Yeah, me too. It's sort of it's it's interesting because it's a children's movie, mm-hmm. um, and I watched it when I was a kid. I remember being really excited about seeing it, and I remember seeing it from the library. Got the VHS. Mm-hmm. We never owned it. Yeah, and so I would watch it. I would get it from the library every now and then, but it wasn't until 
I think even after college that I started like watching it constantly. Well, now this is an interesting question because mm-hmm. we've both talked about, we kind of talked about it in our last episode that this isn't a movie that comes up very often in like, you know, best holiday movies ever right. made. So what was it that made you decide to go back to it after so many years? So I, I knew I liked it and I remembered elements of it throughout, you know, high school and college and stuff. But then in college, I I remember... I was like, oh, I haven't seen that in a while. And I watched it again. And I was like, I love this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was my favorite. And you're right. People would talk about, all right, so what's your favorite? What's your favorite? Is it yeah. Home Alone or is it Christmas Vacation? Like, oh, it's a Muppet Christmas Carol. <laughs> oh, like, next? <laughs> uh, I'm going to walk away. But the stuff that I love about it now wasn't stuff that really stood out to me as a kid. Yeah. I think that's very true of this movie, and, and I'm sure we'll get into that in our discussion. Uh, my story of watching this is very similar to yours. I actually didn't see it in the theater either. It was one that I wanted to see, even though I hadn't really seen much Muppets. I watched Muppet Babies, yes. the cartoon. Yeah, me too. That's all I that really knew of the Muppets. That was pretty much my intro, and yeah. I, I had seen, I saw a Muppet movie when I was growing up. See, I saw that for the first time probably about like three years ago. Really? Yeah. I wasn't a huge Muppet fan, but I liked them. Like, I liked the Muppets, yeah. Muppet Babies. I liked Kermit. I mainly knew Kermit from his uh, news reports on Sesame Street. Yeah, so I didn't have a reason to see it for the Muppets, but there was something about it. Maybe it was just the, the promotion of it, you know, yeah. uh, that made me want to see it, but I never got around to it. But we, we got the VHS, though, I remember. And it must have been the next Christmas because it was around Christmas time I did watch it. I don't think I watched it around Christmas. I no? Think I just watched it, yeah. <laughs> watched it like in February. Oh, I always wanted to see this. No, it was probably like spring. <laughs> no, I did watch it around Christmas, I remember. And I remember liking it um, a yeah. lot. But then I never, we never owned it. And I hadn't watched it for years. And I don't remember when I watched it again, but it was when I was very much an adult. Yeah. And um, I think part of it was just, there was like a a warm memory I had about it, but I couldn't mm-hmm. really quite remember what it was yeah, a, about yeah. it. And so I was like, I think I'm just going to give it another shot. And I had kind of forgot that it was Michael Caine that was Scrooge. Because yeah, when you're a kid, I definitely you don't, didn't yeah. focus on that. Yeah. You know, you're not thinking about who's playing Scrooge in this right. movie. But I was like, whoa, that's Michael Caine, you know? <laughs> I remember actually when I was a kid, they did like a sort of extended behind the scenes thing on Good Morning America. For Muppet Christmas Carol? Yeah. Okay. I don't know if this, if there had been a, a while between Muppet movies when this came out. There was. Okay. This, well, then actually... Oh, um, it was the first one it was after the first Jim Henson one after, died. Jim Henson right. had just died two years before. And now this was... like 89 or 90. 90, yeah. I think, because this is... 90, 92. Yeah. This was an idea he had. Okay. Uh, so it's not like they were, you know, completely rebooting the Muppets <laughs> yeah, after he Henson's died. Now that Henson's gone, we can finally <laughs> do the real literature. He had wanted to do this movie, but he had passed away, and so his son took it upon himself to right. make Muppet Christmas Carol. Right. So I guess there is, in that sense, it was a you know, a pretty special project actually for the Muppets. So do we want to do letterbox ratings? Can you even letterbox rate a movie like this? Well, it's just five stars. Yeah, mine's five (laughs) stars too. (laughs) For those of you who might be... I don't want somebody to like challenge me on that because there's nothing I can say except for look in my heart. (laughs) (laughs) That's where the five stars are. Or five hearts. If, If that were an option. I would have done five hearts and five stars. Wow. I know. That's 10 items altogether. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 10 positive items. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's the same for me. 
for those of you who might be jumping in for your first time, we tend to always talk about our letterbox.com ratings um, for our movies that we discuss. And so if you want to bounce over there and see some of our other movies, because this is pretty boring, that's just five stars for both of us. I checked it to see if there was like some, if I had, you know, it was like August when I rated it or something. And I was like, oh, it's, I love it. But, but no, five stars. Yeah. Okay. And I stand by that. I, I realized when the DVD menu music started playing, I got like, I started smiling and I was like, I love this movie too much to be objective at all about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of the DVD, why don't we talk a little bit though about the version okay. that you, because okay. I think actually mm -hmm. because this isn't considered a holiday classic by most, mm -hmm. maybe we can consider ourselves sort of the authorities oh, on sure. this why at not? this point. I'm you know? fine with that. So as the authorities on Muppet Christmas Carol, let's talk about what version of the movie people should right. be watching. Because this was a, a matter of discussion, actually, between you and one of our listeners, I yeah. think, on our Twitter. Yeah. One of our listeners and one of my former roommates. <laughs> oh, one of our listeners are many, we many discussed listeners. that, yeah. But we discussed that on the Twitter thing. So people are like, oh, I want to go see this exchange. And then they talk, see like, wait, this guy was a roommate? Full <laughs> disclosure. It was actually, I think that was when I rewatched it again, was living with Justin, okay. this listener. He was a roommate before he was a listener. And so he liked so, it too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But he will not watch the song, The Love Is Gone. He won't watch, even if they have that version, which yeah. I think the VHS had that version. I think that was the VHS. Yeah, because I remember seeing it when I was right. a kid. So for those of you who have ne either never seen this or I'm not familiar with the two different versions, there are actually two versions of Muppet Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. Um, there's really not that much different to them other than a song. One single song. One song, kind of in the middle right. of the movie, that in most versions is actually cut out. And in the theatrical yeah. version was cut out. The theatrical, and if it's shown on TV, it's cut out. Yeah. The Netflix streaming version was cut out. So, yeah, it's one of those, like, what's what's the proper version to watch? Is, is it always the theatrical version or the director's cut or what? Well, Jeffrey Katzenberg who was the head of Disney at the time, told him to cut it because he thought it was too sad. And I would say the first time watching it, the definitive version is the version with it. Yeah. With that song. I would agree. I think that song is very important. I do too. Be careful or you may regret The choice you make someday When love is gone When love is gone The trouble is on the DVD, the only way to watch it with that is the full screen right. version. So you've got to kind of make a decision what you care about more right. as far as watching movies goes. So I would say the first couple times you watch it, I said first originally, but now I'm saying the first couple times, watch the extended version with that song in it. Which is also the full screen version right. of the DVD. I watch it widescreen now because I know what's there. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I watched the full screen one. You still. did, yeah. Do you think that the you know the, the cinematic the, vision the, of Brian Henson? <laughs> you you, you think you that feel you feel okay you trimming wanna, the edges on that? You want to see those mm. wide Muppet yeah. shots, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> you have to scan to the edges. I just sometimes pause and sit and watch the frame. 
I think I should watch the widescreen version, but actually put like a square black square over the middle. <laughs> so I only watch the pieces I've been missing for the last That's few years. <laughs> yeah. No, I would say I would say typically if pressed, the full full screen extended version is with the, song. the one to watch. Yeah. And the reason that mm-hmm. you want to watch it with the song is because the song is called The Love Is Gone. And it is, it is a very sad. It's song. a sad song. It's when Scrooge is visiting the past. And it's when basically him and his uh, his love are breaking Belle. up. Belle. Yeah. Yeah. And she's breaking up with him. What makes it so sad is that he had been putting off marriage. Um, to get his finances to straight. To get his finances straight. And I think from his point of view, he was sort of saying, like, I want to be a good husband and have a lot of money before I marry you. But he was also definitely putting his work before her. She was not feeling loved by that. And so he says... I, lo- I, I do love you. And she said, you did once. And then she starts singing the song, which is just about, there's no love. You don't love me anymore. Right. And sometimes that happens. People fall out of love. But it's all in the song. Right. It's if you don't the see song. the song, it's actually kind of like, a, whoa, what happened? Yeah. In the, <laughs> in, the, in the widescreen, the theatrical version, she says, you did once. And then she walks away. And Rizzo's sobbing, and Scrooge is crying, and it's like, whoa, that was <laughs> that's sudden. All right, guys. Um, but what Justin was saying is that that song's too much. That song's too sad. He was taking Jeffrey Katzenberg's side, saying that's too sad. And I, I find that to I, I I if that were the only time that the movie didn't pull emotional punches, I would say maybe that would be jarring. Mm-hmm. But I think throughout the movie, the movie is very. Up front with difficult emotions. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And um, so to me, it's just a very moving and telling and, and difficult scene, but one that really fleshes but it out Scrooge. It's a, not a total shift in tone from the rest of the movie. No. It, I, th- I think it flows still very well with that song in it. It's not like, a, oh, my gosh, where did that yeah. come from? Ooh, like, okay. <laughs> we were having this really good time, Awkward. and then you decided to just sort of... Right. No, I, I, I think so. And then what I actually said on Twitter, and I don't think I've said it before, the melody to that is reprised at the very end of the movie, but they sing The Love We've Found. Right. Scrooge is not with Belle, but Scrooge is realizing that a lot of what he had done where he just totally gave himself over to greed was because she left him and he felt no love anymore and he felt so hurt that he just went to full-on greed and selfishness and then so for him to sing that melody having changed so much and singing the love we found and the the love that he found was in generosity and accepting people i think it redeems that song. It takes that melody. It takes that time in his life and completely transforms it into this positive thing. And then without the melody having been so sad, its uplift at the end isn't as powerful. Yeah, that reprise means everything with that song. And actually, I remember I, I was reading an LA Times article with Paul Williams, who's the songwriter. Mm-hmm. And I hope we're going to get more to him later i'm sure we will but um paul williams and brian henson actually thought the love is gone was going to be the song like the in hit. the movie well yeah because and on the soundtrack there's like a very studio version with a right. professional singer yeah but I, I realize they don't pull any emotional punches so you've got the song one more sleep till christmas which is just this very i think in tune song i mean not in tune i think they sing on key very well <laughs> it's in tune to emotions like i realized this time watching one more sleep till christmas that 
he sings all about the the positive feelings of Christmas. There's something in the wind today that's good for everyone. Yeah. Yes, faith is in our hearts today. We're shining like the sun. And everyone can feel it. The feelings running deep. After all, there's only one more sleep till Christmas. After all, there's only... He sings, there's magic in the air. And, like, that's sort of true. Like, if you're walking around on, like, a snowy night and it's almost Christmas, you're like, dang it. Like, as an adult, you're like, there's just something that feels mm-hmm. awesome about what's going on. But then there's also that very simple, there's only one more sleep till Christmas. Like, that childhood, like, I'm going to bed. Yeah. And I'm going to wake up, and it's Christmas, and that's awesome. So it's got the adult feeling of the ineffable qualities of Christmas and the very childlike tomorrow's Christmas and that's the greatest thing in the world. And then at the end of that song, do you remember as the song is ending what Bob Cratchit walks past? Oh yeah. It's the rabbit. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. The the little shivering rabbit covered in newspaper. Never shies away from the harder parts of Dickens. Right. The social aspects of Mm -hmm. poverty, uh, homelessness. Yeah. People being in the margins. Yeah. Pushed and aside. You see, I mean, you can see other kid versions of a Christmas Carol. In fact, I used to watch the Mickey Christmas Carol yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. They basically just do away with all of that. Yeah. Other than the fact that you know Bob Cratchit's poor and Tiny Tim is poor, anything that Dickens was saying about poverty and charity it's is poured into Cratchit. that on Cratchit. But and it's almost, but nobody did that to him. Like, it's not like he's poor because Scrooge doesn't write right. enough. He's poor because the rich are withholding. Like, that's not the message in the Disney version. It's just, yeah, yeah summer. He's are poor. poor. Some people are rich. It's just the way it goes. But hey, around Christmas, be a little be generous. Nice. nice to the poor people. And yeah. I'm not, not actually. I like that cartoon, so I'm not going to knock that. But what I what I think is exceptional about Muppet Christmas Carol is mm-hmm. that it really is so true to the Dickens story, yeah. mm-hmm. um, even in its general tone and what it yeah. decides to emphasize right every single positive moment of christmas cheer is counterbalanced by the the grim realities of 19th century london or everyday life every day, like i right. mean that's one thing that has made this story endure not just not the movie but the christmas carol like the idea that there are constantly people who are being put upon like mm-hmm. that are being taken from and or not given enough and they could easily have taken out or just changed the scene, which we played in the intro between Beaker and Bunsen and Scrooge. They could have changed it to just like, could you give us some money? And they're like, no. Ah, what a jerk. <laughs> but they really, they let Dickens, and this is something else that the movie I think does very well. They let Dickens' words do his work every now and then. Like every now and then they'll just say it word for word. And that part about the poor houses. Would you like to donate some money to the poor? Well, aren't there prisons? Aren't there poor houses? Don't I pay my taxes? Isn't that enough? They should be, they're fine. And right. the idea that in Dickens' time, put them in prison, put them in the poor, like they're whatever. That it's just, it's so timeless, sadly, that that's also a timeless message. Yes. That there are yeah. people with money who say, like, well, I pay my taxes and that's good enough. Uh, you know, right. like that there's no room for me. generosity. Yeah. 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 But they, but they specifically put that scene addressing those specific issues, which is, I think one thing that makes this movie very, very powerful Yeah, for me as and the I more think, I watch it as an adult. Right. Um, you were making a really good point about the music and I want to get back to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that 
maybe we should back up a little bit. Okay. And let's talk a little bit about A Christmas Carol, like okay. the actual Dickens story. Have you read it? Have you seen other versions of it? Do you think that, like, what are your thoughts on that story? What are your thoughts on other movie versions of it, if you've seen any? And, and after you answer that, we're going to, I want to bring in a, some feedback we got from um, our buddy Evan, who's been on the show before. Yeah. I have read, you know how they had, um, they would have like versions of books that were illustrated. Yeah, like the children's illustrated versions of yeah, books. Like yeah, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I know I read that. And I know I started reading the original, but I was pretty young and was like, oh, this is Charles Dickens. He's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so I have not read the, the, the original original. Not the unabridged version. Correct. I've read parts of it, and I've read chapters as short stories, you know, like in classes. So there are parts, when I said they let Dickens' words do his work, I know I have read those words. Like, I'm not yeah. just saying, like, that sounded really fancy. <laughs> uh, have you read other Dickens? Yeah, I read Bleak House. Yeah, I've read a couple things. Okay. I have not. I'm going to, which is That's fine. a weird confession, I, I guess. Think, but whatever. I don't. I should have. I now. think there's some good stuff. His books take about 150 pages well, to get into. I should back up. I've read A Christmas Carol. Oh, you have read that. The real okay. one. I've well, read that one. That's more credibility. I've um, seen. A couple years ago. And I here's the it. thing with A Christmas Carol. I, I have not seen like the one that Evan wrote us about, which we, we're going to talk about in a second. Um, I've seen it on stage and like so many shows have done versions of it. Yeah. You know, I saw Scrooged. I saw Scrooge. <laughs> that movie's pretty bad. No thanks. So I guess I haven't actually seen an official like movie version. Okay. Of the story straight. I don't think I've actually seen a, another movie version of a Christmas Carol. Um, I've seen theater productions of a Christmas Carol. Right. It's been a lot of year, many years ago, but I've seen them. I guess if you had to sum it up, what do you think it is about a Christmas Carol, the story that is so enduring, and mm. what is it that you that you really get out of the story of a Christmas Carol? Because we all know it, even if we mm-hmm. haven't actually seen, read it, an or official, seen an official yeah. movie, we all know it from somewhere. Yeah. We know the general gist of what happens in a Christmas Carol. Yeah, there there are different aspects of it that are played up in different versions. Some people like seeing. Sort of like Scrooge's fall, really. Like it's almost like a, yeah, you son of a, a bitch. You can't, yeah. you can't act like that. <laughs> and it's good that you are doing better. I think one thing that really lives on is the idea of second chance. Mm-hmm. What does he say? Wrongs can be made right. Mm-hmm. You know, that even if we don't live our lives as greedily as Scrooge, there are times where we're like, oh, yeah, I should have actually been nicer to that person or I should have given when I didn't and there's always a chance for you to make that up I want to chime in but I'm going to read Evan's message to us first Mm -hmm. because the way I want the the way I kind of want to talk about what I get out of a Christmas Carol is sort of the response I want to get yeah no I (laughs) I agree so let's let's talk about friend of the program yeah uh, Evan's been on the show before yeah and if you ever are interested in actually hearing him speak and engage with us in the here and now you can go back to our archives he was on our Pinocchio episode he was on our hard days night episode Um, so I encourage you to go check those out if you want to hear Evan and his thoughts but this is what he chimed in about for specifically Muppet Christmas Carol. He said, hey guys, I wanted to chime in with a dissenting voice and call humbug on your discussion of Muppet Christmas Carol. While I enjoy the film enough, I think it's a marriage that does a disservice to both parties and really lacks what I love about both things. The Muppets 
which to paraphrase the onion, I appreciate on a much deeper level than you both. That mm. might be true. I don't really, <laughs> I don't, I, like we said, we hadn't really seen much Muppets before we watched Christmas Carol. Uh, the Muppets aren't free to be fully anarchic and zany because of the underlying seriousness of the source material. Conversely, Scrooge's genuinely powerful story of redemption is really watered down by, you know, Muppet jokes. I honestly believe that A Christmas Carol is one of the most important archetypal stories in modern Western civilization. And while I loves me some Muppets, this is not where they shine. It's like saying a Muppet Hamlet or a Muppet Odyssey is a good idea. For me, the 1951 Alastair Sim version of A Christmas Carol is not only one of the great holiday films, but he seriously gives one of the most underappreciated film performances ever. He is simultaneously despicable and sympathetic, yet plays his redemption and true joy at being granted a second chance to truly live life fully in a way that moves me every time I see it, which at this point is probably upwards of 20. So yeah, another film to add to the watch list. I haven't actually seen it, and I will make sure I I see it. I've heard about it, yeah. Um, but I think, well, there's a lot in there that we yeah, should address. Is. And I'm glad that he wrote this because sure. it gives us something to talk about as opposed to just, I love it. I love yeah. it too. <laughs> you know? How much do you love yeah. it? A lot. Me too. Five hearts, five stars. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I guess we already did that. So I think this actually gives us a lot of stuff to kind of go over mm-hmm. with A Christmas Carol. And buck against. He what? may love the Muppets. Like you said, he may appreciate them on a deeper level. I, I never watched the Muppet show, you know. There are things, the zany anarchy, that's not what I think about when I think about the Muppets, necessarily. Um, I don't know what I think about Would when Would you I, say anarchy? Um, probably not. There's always an element of um, yeah. chaos yeah, yeah, yeah. in it. But ultimately, I always kind of saw it as this like warm-hearted yeah. kind of gang of right. misfits. Right, like, right, right. Yeah, and I think that works to me, for I Christmas think it Carol. works perfect. Like I, I think with the Muppets, the other thing I kind of always associated with was that these were, um, well, in the Muppet real life, they were uh-huh. like performers. Yeah, so it made total sense that they would do a Muppet Christmas Carol production. Mm-hmm. In the Muppet Show, they were performers putting on a show. Right. Um, in the Muppet movie, they're doing it. They're kind of doing a comeback. You know, yeah. they were always performers with like. Even in the opening credits with Kermit the Frog as Bob Cratchit. Right, with and Mr. Gonzo Piggy as, as yep. Charles Dickens. And so, yeah, it never really bothered me. I can I can see maybe what he's saying about, like, maybe this to him just isn't a good fit. That isn't the best way to use the Muppet performers. And I guess Could that's be. just a matter of opinion. And I don't, I don't agree with it. But I guess what I think shines in this movie that you're not going to see in any other Christmas Carol movie, um, what I realize as I get older is... What makes this movie for me is the music, the mm-hmm. songs. The yeah. songs. Absolutely. The songs underline everything happening in the movie and not really in a heavy handed sort of way, but more in just a very poignant sort of way. Yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah. And yeah. so to me, what makes them up at Christmas Carol so incredibly special is some of the lines that you get from Paul Williams, who is the songwriter in this. And 100%. Paul Williams is a guy who I mentioned the LA Times article earlier because i was talking about how jim Jim henson had just passed away and this was the first movie without him that they had done but paul williams wrote the music for the original muppet movie he's got a history with doing muppet music and i really started i actually really appreciated paul williams after hearing his epic piece he did with daft punk in uh random access memories right touch it's like the best track Mm -hmm. on the entire thing and it's so it's got that muppet feel i did not realize that was the same person same person
sweet touch You've given me too much to feel Sweet touch You've almost convinced me I'm real I need something more there, need there is something so just like that wells up in you when you listen yeah. to that song and when you listen to the Muppet Amen. Christmas Carol songs. It's all Paul Williams. Paul Williams makes this movie for me. And I didn't know that as a kid. I no. barely knew that as an adult, but it's what makes it for me now. I like, realized that, I don't know how many years ago, I just, because when I rewatched it, like I said, with my roommates, I was like, yeah, I like this movie a lot. But then there were a, a couple years ago, I listened to the, all the lyrics and I was just like, holy crap. I had seen that movie how many times, but yeah. that one time when I really paid attention to the lyrics, I teared up like five times yeah. during the movie. And the lyrics can be very adult. Not adult in the sense of like them being adult themed, right. but more like they're using words that yes. kids are going to have a hard time really understanding, but uh -huh. the, the, the tone of the music is going to carry them through. But in that LA Times article, which I really do recommend... It's pretty short, actually, but he basically says he had gone through his own periods of drug abuse and shutting people out, and he eventually hit rock bottom, went into rehab, and he stopped writing music for years. And this was his first project back. Really? Yeah. And the story of A Christmas Carol meant so much to him because, as he puts in his own words, Christmas has always been one of my favorite seasons. It's Scrooge's metamorphosis that touches me. The way he changes completely in one night. It's what took me 49 years to do. There are little lines in every single song that are just like, oh yeah, that's what Christmas Carol is all about. Yep. And so when I ask that question to you about like, what does Christmas Carol mean to you? If I have to condense what Christmas Carol means to me, it's usually just lines from different songs yeah. in this movie. I love the line, like when they're talking about in One More Sleep Till Christmas, you know, a lot of it's just about the sort of joy in the air, but then yeah. it says, like, tis the season where the saints can employ us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's such a beautiful line. Like, yeah. you know, it's basically saying you can you can be used to do good during yes. Christmas. Yeah. And this is before the whole story has even unfolded. Right. But you're getting that little preview in the song. In the, even in the Marley song. <laughs> Why do you come to me? We're Marley and Marley, avarice and greed. Took advantage of the poor, just ignored the needy. We specialized in causing pain, spreading fear and doubt. And if you could not pay the rent, we simply threw you out. <laughs> there was the year we evicted the entire orphanage. I remember the little tykes all standing in the snowbank with their little frostbitten teddy bears. <laughs> <laughs> We're Marley and Marley, our hearts There's this, the line where it says, your chains are formed by what you say and do. And it's just like, how true is that? You know, right. That's a darker side to the movie, but the darker side is that you carry your warning. past it's with you. It's the warning yeah. of the movie, yeah. Whereas the other ones are the more positive, at your best, at its best, this is what the world is. But yeah, Marley and Marley. And um, that's one thing that I love about the movie is that it doesn't harp on the negative side of it so much. Mm -hmm. Like, you get it. Scrooge is bad. We sing this one song in the beginning, and then we Marley and Marley is the warning to him. And Michael Caine's performance, I think, is amazing. Yeah, and going back to the songs, there's the song with um, the Ghost of Christmas present, which feels like Christmas. Mm -hmm. um, right there is, that's a Christmas Carol in a nutshell when he says, the message, if we hear it, is to make it last all year. Right. Like, yeah. it's so good. It's a story we revisit every Christmas, but 
the if you really get the message of this, it's that this carries over all year long, right? You know, and even the, he brings that back more when he says it's the summer of the soul in December. And talking about the, uh, the Ghost of Christmas Present, it, there's that part where Scrooge is still like. He's taken in by his joviality. He's like, "Oh yeah, you, you know, you're you're kind of infectious." He's joking right. around with him, and, but then the Ghost of Christmas Present says something like, "Well, of course it's Christmas. Don't you love Christmas or whatever?" And he's like, "Um, actually, no, I, I don't. I haven't really." <laughs> like he he it takes that part of the story as I remember it that Scrooge was a hard sell on changing. Yeah, you know. But then what I think is amazing is that when he changes, it it feels natural. Mm-hmm. And it's done, I, I think part of what sells it is the song, again, when he sings A Grateful Heart at the end. Yes, and every night will end, and every day will start with a grateful prayer and a thankful heart. With an open smile and with open doors, I will bid you welcome what is mine is yours. With a glass raised to toast your health. With a glass raised to toast your health. And a promise to share the wealth. Promise to share the wealth. I will sail a friendly course. That song is it for me. It's such a good song, and it's what sells the transformation of him, I think. And it's just so joyful. It is. And that's even got the line that's like, the love we found is always with us, so we're never quite alone. Yeah, I think I think there was something, too, when I rewatched this. Because I was after college, before I was married, and just feeling maybe a little unsettled at times mm-hmm. and feeling sort of like that time in your life where you're sorting out, who am I going to see for the rest of my life? Like, which which of my friends are am I going to stay with? Yeah. Which, like, what's happening in here? And since you're not living with your parents, it's not like, oh, yeah, at Christmas we go to this relative's house, whatever. It was sort of in flux even who your family was, sort mm-hmm. of. Yeah. And um, I remember I was reading at some point in those years a book set in... I forget which African country, but in Africa, <laughs> that's sort of offensive to say, like, it was set in a continent. But in this culture, they, they call every older adult aunt or uncle. And there was something that at that time that was formed in me that I really love now is the idea of seeing everybody around you as your family, as part of mm-hmm. your family. People older than you are your aunts or, and your uncles, and the people younger than you are your nieces and nephews, and the people your age are your brothers and sisters, sort of, this right. idea that everybody's family and everybody's connected. And I know that's sort of well, I a think, very simplistic idea, whatever. Then I saw this movie again, really paying attention to the lyrics and the thankful, the song Thankful Heart just blew my mind because the beginning lines are with a thankful heart and an endless joy with a growing family. Every girl and boy will be nephew and niece to me, will bring love, hope and peace to me. And every day will, every night will end and every day will start with a grateful prayer and a thankful heart. And I, I just was like floored by that. I was like, yeah. one, that was what I was thinking of was this idea that people being family is so beautiful. Yeah. That everybody's family, that we take care of each other like family. Right. And then this was also a time in my life where I was like wallowing in a lot of cynicism and feeling a lot of depression and stuff. And just like the idea of everybody around you is family and every day has a reason to start being thankful and end being thankful. Yeah. There's something in that day. Like this, the, I think that's, a, we'll talk a lot about nostalgia on this podcast. And this one's like a fairly recent nostalgia based on a childhood nostalgia that was like, 
I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense. It, it was makes just, a lot of sense. I think even maybe to put it a little more simply is that you t- you take a song like A Thankful Heart and it's kind of like, stop trying to think about who you should invest in and just invest in everyone. Yeah. Everyone around you is deserving of the love that you can provide, whatever that looks like. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's just such a cheerful, mm-hmm. great message any yeah. time of year. And I think another another message that came through in this movie that was put so beautifully is... Right after college, people are moving away. Some people are staying. Some people are leaving. You don't know where you're going and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. And this idea, for me especially, boy, our Christmas episodes get into my psychology. <laughs> this <laughs> tis, one's positive, Tis though. the season. This one's positive, though. <laughs> yeah. The idea, I think for me, I take people leaving a little personally. Like, mm-hmm. well, why are you leaving me? And it's like, well, I got a job there. Why wouldn't right. I go? But. There's a line in the song where he says, I'll beg you to share my day with a loving guarantee that even if we part, I'll hold you close in a thankful heart. Yeah. And then later in the movie, when it's a ghost of Christmas future and it's the possible future is that Tiny Tim died, Bob Cratchit starts the meal saying, life is a series of meetings and partings. Mm-hmm. And I just That's think- such a beautiful line. Yeah. One, it's true. People come and go out of your life and it's not wrong. It's just what happens. But then the idea of death, because I think another thing, another time in my life that this movie was good for me was a few years ago, uh, a a woman who had been very close to me throughout my childhood died, very young, relatively speaking. And I love the idea that there's meetings and partings, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's this beautiful idea that this person isn't taken from you. Like this person hasn't been ripped out of your life. That person has parted people meet and part and that even if they leave you've got this love that you've shared and found as you're saying this it's kind of bringing into perspective maybe another thing that muppet christmas carol pulls out of the dickens story is that that fact that people come and people go out of your life actually can produce both sides of scrooge like the mm-hmm. fact that he yes. is such a grouch in the beginning and and kind of shuts everyone out, and then you go through the the ghost of Christmas past, yeah. you realize why he did that. Yeah, it was because he couldn't handle the fact that people you know leave. people leave or that it was a way it Things was a protective measure, and it was all mm-hmm. out of fear. Yeah, and self preservation. And what he comes to realize is that there's another way to look at that. Right. The other way, the flip side to that is people come and go out of your life. So take that love with you, you know, yeah. and then pour that back out to everyone that you meet. Well, and it's a really common coping mechanism yeah. is that as people are taken from you, quote yeah. unquote, there's the cynical, you, you everyone gra- hurts you. So why bother letting well, anyone in? Well, there's that, but there's you also know? the psychological people leave is perceived as people are taken from me or they have taken something from me. So I need to do everything I can to hold on to what I can. And for Scrooge, it was money, not realizing that everybody who comes into his life is as much a gift as that person who left was something painful, you Mm -hmm. know, that like people are coming into your life as people are leaving, no matter what. I, I think another song that is very important and one that I think more people should have to listen to is Bless Us All, the Tiny Tim song. Okay. Which, again, could have been, I mean, it could have been really cheesy. Tiny Tim is sort of a cheesy character, I think, in people's minds. Right. Like, if somebody's compared to Tiny Tim, it's not always, it's it's typically not positive. <laughs> um, but Bless Us All is such a hard-hitting song, truly, that really gets at what is problematic in people. And 
how and why we should combat those things. Bless us all that as we live, we always comfort and forgive. We have so much that we can share with those in need we see around us everywhere. Let us always love. And again, this is another time where it doesn't pull any punches. I don't know if you've focused on Bless Us All at all when you watch it. Not as much, I don't think. Because so. there were a few viewings where every time I just focused on a song, I was just like, holy cow, that song is speaking truth right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and again, it, it goes back to the idea, it's sort of the genesis of the idea of a thankful heart, that every day has something to be thankful for, because he says every day is a gift. Um, and again, it's sort of cheesy when he says the sun, sun comes up and I can feel it lift my spirit. But there's something in this song that is just as hard hitting and sort of convicting about like what you are thinking and how your how your mind is working. Because it's just before this that Miss Piggy or Mrs. Cratchit just rails against Scrooge and like there's nothing good about him. How can you say right. you know the founder of the feast? He barely pays you anything. All that stuff. But then there's a part where it says, let us always love each other, lead us to the light. And this is one line that I, I think everybody in the world needs to hear. And it's, let us hear the voice of reason singing in the night. I just feel like people have no sense of reason when they talk about, you know, the refugees or right. Muslims or shootings or anything like Black Lives Matter, like all that stuff. Nobody is thinking about it reasonably. Everybody goes politically with right. it. Um, so that line right there, let us hear the voice of reason singing that is super important. But then Bob Cratchit says, let us run from anger. And then Miss Piggy comes alongside him and says, and catch us when we fall. Hmm. And I think that's, that, that right there is a microcosm of the, of the lesson that I was talking about, that there's always a chance to redeem what you've done. And it's so loving right there. We, we could, like the movie could kind of come down hard on Miss Piggy for being mm -hmm. angry. But in just that one line where Bob right. Cratchit sings, let us run from anger, and she realizes that she was right. living, living through anger. And she says, and catch us when we fall. And I just thought it was so poignant when right. I, every time yeah, I see it, yeah, I that's it's a good poignant. Point. But like, um, and yeah, because the song acknowledges that there will be times where we fall and that you need those other people who are thinking more reasonably yeah. to not necessarily berate you, mm -hmm. but just catch you. I guess maybe to get back what, to what Evan was saying, um, going to the Muppet thing, Maybe this isn't the best Muppet movie as far as Muppets go. Mm -hmm. That was never my top concern, I guess. <laughs> like, was how good of a Muppet movie this is. And yeah. that's probably just No, I think that's, yeah. That's a valid thing, though. If, it is. If you're, going, if, if you're coming to this for the Muppets, you're not really going to... In some ways, yeah. There are probably better Muppet movies. I wouldn't necessarily say Muppet Christmas Carol is the one you should watch. I would say watch the Muppet movie. Sure. You know, it's got great songs, too. Yeah. <laughs> and it's fun. And it's and it is more zany, you know? yeah. And it's and it's a great movie. And then I think maybe there are other good movie versions of the Dickens Christmas Carol. So maybe maybe we it don't really have a looking for. We don't really have a beef with what Evan's saying necessarily. It's more just that Muppet Christmas Carol for me really condenses down not just what is important about a Christmas Carol, yeah. but it's it's something from it sounds silly to say about a Muppet Christmas Carol. It's something to live by. I know? know 100%. I I think I <laughs> That is why I recommend this movie to people. I don't recommend it because 
it's the best adaptation yeah. or it's a perfect example of whatever the Muppets can be. This movie knows what people need to hear. Not only that, but and I do think the Muppets are a good vessel I for this too. message because I, the I, Muppets have always been kind. Mm-hmm. Say what you will. You know, people don't have to like the Muppets, but they are never cruel to anybody. Right. There are people who appear with the Muppets that the Muppets could make certain jokes about that they never do. Right. It's crazy because they always pull off still being funny mm-hmm. and just still being kind people. And you know, yeah. puppets. <laughs> <laughs> They're people. Okay. No, I and I, I do I do maybe don't I mean I, I still disagree with Evan because he says that the seriousness of the source material is uh, undercut by Muppet jokes. And I think that's completely wrong. Because I definitely get the gravity of the source material. If the gravity that he is focusing on is the complete greed of Scrooge, I think maybe that is slightly undercut. But I don't think that the movie is inconsistent in its tone. It's not like all this stuff about Scrooge being greedy. And then a bunch of jokes and right. like a, a silly no, song. No, it's like very it's totally woven in. in. Yeah. And some of the things that I think our funniest which i'll let you say yours is just like those little moments like when rizzo kisses gonzo on the nose that's good yeah and when right after that he he just goes through the fence and gets the jelly beans and he's like you could have you could just go through <laughs> yeah. those and he's like what 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 like i don't know it's just really funny yeah, it's but more banter it's a transition than, and, and yeah. that was a part that needed that right i feel like the jokes never they, they never undercut anything mm. there's a part earlier on that always makes me laugh and it's when there's all the little rats that are like the bookkeepers yeah and scrooge is being scrooge mm-hmm. he's being you know a humbug right and when he asks what's the customary time off and then kermit yeah, always being the guy who's just honest yeah, yeah, yeah. says well the full day and then he yeah. like just the look of the Scrooge's whole face, day but, and and like, no, that's, that's the frog's that's idea the frog. <laughs> yeah. yeah that I makes think me that laugh every really time funny. and i think that like what could have been seen as sort of a cheap joke at the wrong time is a perfect joke that makes me laugh out loud every time mm-hmm. is later on at the very end of the movie when they talk about tiny tim and gonzo goes tiny tim who did not die yeah i love that <laughs> i think that's so funny um but it's after the uplift has already happened right and it's kind of just wrapping up loose ends yeah and having dickens mm-hmm. i think gonzo as dickens is a really nice touch as well right, because right. it allows them to be more faithful to the material mm-hmm. and also lets them like they they put in some really interesting educational moments in there where he's mm-hmm. like they, they, they use the word omniscient in yeah, there like yeah, he yeah, says yeah. the narrator is omniscient yeah right and the fact that there's okay, a part Mr. where God-like. they get scared and they say can the kids handle this and they're like well, yeah it's, yeah, culture. it's culture that's earlier that they say the culture thing uh, and then later they just took them out and let the the weight of the ghost of christmas future do its thing right spirit i fear you more than any specter I have yet met. Oh, this is too scary. I don't think I want to see any more. Oh, when you're right, you're right. You're on your own, folks. We'll meet you at the finale. Yeah. Oh. I thought that was great. Like, of course I did. <laughs> but that's where I see the marriage of Muppets and Christmas Carol. The time where it would have worked the least, they just unmarried yeah. them. They just separated it. I think they make so many good decisions in this movie. One of the decisions being not having a traditional Muppet play any of the ghosts. 
Right. So the ghost sure. of Christmas Past mm-hmm. is just this like floaty angel thing, which they did with like a water tank and a green screen, mm-hmm. I guess, which is kind of cool. Yeah, it's a really great ghost effect. of Christmas Present is the most Muppet looking character, but he's not a traditional Muppet. Yeah, he's not somebody you know. And the already. ghost of Christmas Future is just a really frightening Grim Reaper with really mm-hmm. long arms. You know, mm-hmm. um, that that's was a, great a great choice. The set design is amazing. Uh-huh. Like it's perfectly captures that Dickensian thing, but also has a little bit of German expression. German, it's got some German go expression. Yeah. There's some weird angles in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. And, and when it needs it, you know, you are right away sucked into yeah. this world. And it's not weird that there's like real people and Muppets side and by talking side. vegetables. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> no, I think, I, I think you're right that there are a lot of places that could have gone wrong. And the decision, most of this is on Michael Caine, but it's also in the script for him just to play it straight. Yes. He never jokes around with the Muppets. Not once. Even once he changes. I think this movie doesn't get as much credit as it deserves for its message, but also, like you said, for the way it took what would have been what could have been very difficult. It could to, have been a disaster. Right. Really? And <laughs> you did it, it and did it very delicately and very well. Yeah, in fact, um, I was reading another review of the movie. It was from Charlotte Runcie in the Telegraph. She says, quote, it's the darkest Muppet film yet being at the time sure um but somehow the one most filled with love mm-hmm. and i think that's oh, also that it, when is. you realize that this was the first muppet movie made after jim henson died i mean what a perfect tone to strike yep you know absolutely the the story is there's pain in the world but you can still love people life is a series of meetings and partings i love it i do too i'm glad you love it <laughs> I'm so glad. <laughs> so normally in our podcast episodes, we will talk about if our ratings have changed or anything uh, like that, or how I we are with best add... buds, or if we're in a complicated situation. Um, oh my gosh. And I, I think we're, we're just going to have a very Merry Christmas this yeah, year. Yeah. Yeah. We're already hugging. We've done the whole episode in an embrace. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you can tell from the way our voices sound, but yep, we've been embracing. We did this with one microphone One this mic. Time. One set of headphones. Yeah. <laughs> we just put cheek to cheek <laughs> and spread the headphones real wide. Um, uh, but yeah, we're more than best buds on this one. Yeah. Because that's what the movie wants us to be. Right. We're family on this one. You're my uncle. Uncle Nate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. But we would love to hear what you guys think. And yeah. and hey, if you completely if you, disagree, that I'd, lo- I'd still love to hear it. You for know, we, sure. We heard it from Evan, and I mean, actually then, it gave us a lot to think about and talk yeah. about. So I'm glad we got that. We'd love to hear it from you as well if you right. don't agree with us at all. Give us your feedback on this episode or any of our past episodes. You can do so at any time on our Facebook, mm-hmm. our Twitter. We are at CWSBF on Twitter. You can always send us a message through email, feedback at canwestillbefriends.net. And you can even chime in and maybe uh, sing us a little carol if you'd yeah, like. Yeah, nobody oh. did that. Well, there's still time. There is. It'd be weird for us to put it on the next episode after Christmas, but we'll it's do it true. anyways. We'll put out a special episode of your Christmas carol. We'll put out a special album. Can We Still Be Friends phone carols. Yeah. Can we still be friends? I love Lie. that. I love that uh, jingle bells with the barking dogs. If anyone, <laughs> wants to, if anyone wants to try that, I've been listening to the Merle Haggard Christmas album. <laughs> what is it good? I kind of like it okay. for its cheesiness. I think it's called Hag's Christmas. <laughs> uh, there's one song where he just tells a story, and music plays underneath it. Give us a call eight four seven three zero six nine five three two. We would love to hear from you. And uh, also, if you would like to send us a little Christmas cheer or Christmas present, we would always appreciate a nice little rating on iTunes mm-hmm. or uh, just telling your friends about this podcast. Mm-hmm. 
Or cash. We'll take cash. Leave it on the doorstep and get the hell out of here. <laughs> that's my Christmas movie quote for you. That's not Muppet Christmas Carol. No. <laughs> All right, so uh, Ryan, why don't you go ahead and maybe tell, a, tell our listeners what we're going to be watching and discussing for our next episode of Can We Still Be Friends. Before you do that, though, we're taking a little break. A little break, yeah. A little break. We're probably not going to be back on until next January. year. Yeah. We'll see you all next year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So January 2016 is when we'll, we'll be back recording again. But when we come back, the movie The Revenant, starring uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Tom Hardy, will be in theaters, directed by Iñárritu. Alejandro, Alejandro, Alejandro Gonzalez Iñárritu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And last year, this is his follow-up. This is his follow-up to Oscar Best Picture winner Birdman. Yeah, last year's Best Picture. Um, so we figured Oscars will be coming up when we come back. The Revenant will be the movie on everybody's lips when we come back. Maybe. And always ones to have our finger on the pulse. We're gonna say, "Hey, let's talk about let's last talk year's about- hit movie." <laughs> Uh, so we, I, I think, tentatively disagree on this one. Tentative, I, I, I'm pretty sure we do. I'm pretty sure we tentatively disagree on Inuritu. Inuritu. Well, I'll just say we thought about doing Babel, which we actually officially announced last year we were going to do Babel. And then we, we, changed we our backed minds. out. Yeah. We are not excited to have that conversation. <laughs> it's going to be ugly. We know it's going to be we ugly. D- we know that. And... So we're, we're going to continue to be spineless and shy away from Babel, but we will, like I said, finger on the pulse, talk about last year's Best Picture winner, Birdman, which Nate liked and I did not. And also, a lot of people that I've spoken with did not like Birdman. A lot of people did. And a lot of people did. So it's a very polarizing movie, yeah. which usually makes for and, good discussion. Right. So. Yeah. And, and you're, again, Nate seems to dig him. I dug him for a couple movies. We'll probably talk about that next time. And all those ways that Nate told us you could talk about um, Muppet Christmas Carol, you can use those avenues to talk about Birdman. And I know people have thoughts on Birdman because it's yeah. just one of those movies that you can't really walk away from without any opinion on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so 2016, we're ringing it in with a big fight <laughs> about Birdman. The match of the century? Could be? Um, I'll say the decade. Let's say match of the decade for now. Five years. Match of the fiscal five, last five years. Match of the year, the year being 2016. Right. Match of the year up to that point. 2016. Three weeks, two weeks into 2016. Yes. The match of 2016. At least the match of that day. Yes. In this studio. So that we can put a stamp on and say yes, absolutely. So you're not going to want to miss it. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. But up until then, you have all this time to, if you haven't seen Birdman, catch up with it. If you have seen it, maybe rewatch it. If you don't want to rewatch it, just let us know why you don't want to rewatch it. Yeah. And uh, we really do hope that you have a really good holiday season, whatever yeah. it is that you celebrate. The New Year, I think that's the New safe. Year. Yeah. Well, that's not even that safe. All our listeners over in China have a different New Year, and that's fine. So have a good December. Have a good. <laughs> <laughs> have a good December. We just are so very thankful for you listening to our podcast and we hope to catch you next year 